Hello and welcome everybody to the Unbiased Football Talk. I am your host, James Aguirre, uh, flying solo today, back from our semi-long break after the Super Bowl, which with the way news and media works these days, it feels like three years ago. But um, I'm back here, going to give you my quick, quick thoughts on the Super Bowl, quick little recap of that. Talk about some futures bets. Yes, futures in March. NFL futures in March. Uh, people are drafting fantasy football leagues already, so why not get some money down on some potential NFC champions and Super Bowl winners? And then, last but not least, I'll I'll touch really quick on the recent comments by Mike McCarthy, kind of throwing Kellen Moore under the bus, and I think he uh, I think he's half full of shit, half has a point, but uh. We'll get to that later. All right, but first, let's get right into it. The Super Bowl recap. So I think what I expected to show up did show up in that game in regards to uh, the coaching advantage that Kansas City had. Uh, ever since the Chiefs went to San Francisco and beat them, like it was a 44-21 to 21 or something, I uh, I saw this as the best coaching staff in the league. Like they, they absolutely just they, – they killed the Niners in that game. And um, – I thought that the lack of coaching experience in this type of big game would hurt the Eagles, and um, I think it did kind of show up there. Uh, no sacks for the Philly uh, defensive line all game, which, I mean, part part of the reason is the uh, Chiefs O-line executed their assignments. They played great. The other part of that is a coaching staff putting them in position to succeed, and that doesn't just mean, you know, getting right blocking calls correct it also means designing plays to where they're not out there blocking for a seven you know seven step drop back every other play so you know that that showed up big time there uh the Chiefs had a couple of easy walk-in touchdowns I thought Andy Reid called a great game like uh I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes but he probably could have won that game with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo you know playing quarterback because he, he, he just called that. He just had that good of a game plan. And the Eagles defense uh, absolutely had no stop, no no answers for it. So um, that being said, I I do have kind of a hot take. I do think Jalen Hurts should have won the MVP for the Super Bowl because he, he was the best player on the field that day. And um, I know that Patrick Mahomes by uh, PFF's charts had, I think he was like the highest graded offensive player ever in the Super Bowl, according to their stuff. And... His EPA per play or per dropback, something like that, was the highest ever in Super Bowl. So that that is um that means he played a very impressive game, but uh, that doesn't tell the full story. Like one PFF grades, they're just someone's subjective opinion put into numbers from watching tape. You know, your if if you watch football, you know, for a living or regularly, your opinion is no worse than theirs, to be honest. I mean, granted, they do have people who know what they're watching for, but really, you see a number grade on a player, it's really just their collective opinion after watching tape of players. So, you know, that take that for what it's worth regarding Mahomes' grade from the Super Bowl. And at EPA per play, uh, you know what guys top the charts in EPA per play every year? Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins. It's not, it's not like just a quarterback stat. It's more of a team stat. And a lot goes into that. Like, is your coach calling you plays to put you in position to succeed? Are you actually seeing those throws? Are your receivers getting open? It, it's not It's not like a completion percentage or expectation or something where you can more so attribute that to the quarterback or on target percentage that is pretty much directly related to the quarterback's ability to, to um, deliver an accurate ball. 
it's more of a team stat. And so while that is impressive, and if you're number one in anything, you know, you deserve credit on yourself. I, I think that Hurts was just the best, the best player in, on the field that day. And even Patrick Mahomes said it in his post-game presser. He was like, don't forget what Jalen Hurts did today. He was phenomenal. And he was. Like, he was he was hitting dudes deep all game. Uh, they had no answer for A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith. He he was executing the offense, picking up first downs with his legs whenever they had to. He ran for, I think, uh, two or three touchdowns. Like, the dude was phenomenal. You know, if, if he would have won the MVP, I don't think a lot of people would have a problem with it, even though he was on the losing team. But, um, yeah, all that said, great season by the Eagles. They just fell short. Congrats to the Chiefs. I um, accurately predicted the outcome of the Super Bowl in our playoff preview show with Mike, and I won exactly $0 off of it. So, yeah, let me let me gloat a little bit because that's all I got. I actually lost money on the Super Bowl because I, uh, I had too much Eagles defense in the DraftKings showdown slate. So, you know whatever what are you gonna do anyways talking about the eagles and looking forward to the off season we have um i got some some futures bets ideas that i want to i want to share real quick so the nfc looks a lot like it did last year when i was uh just thinking about it when i was on deployment it is it is very very weak at the top like well the Eagles, the Niners, to a lesser extent, the Cowboys, those are all good teams. But they can how do I say this? They all have holes, right? Let's start let's start with the uh, Cowboys. The Cowboys, you know, I'm not I'm not a believer in their head coach. I think their ceiling is capped with Dak Prescott. And so I I just think they're capped at a really good team who expects to make the playoffs, but you I, I don't expect them to to defeat the other upper, upper upper echelon teams in the league. So I think they're ceiling somewhat capped with uh, Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy running the helm there. Um, as far as the Niners go, they, they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do, right? Uh, Trey Lance is expected to be the starter week one because Purdy hurt his elbow. But um, it's the same song and dance for the past two or three years. Like, they, they have issues at quarterback, which... It's kind of ironic. You know, Kyle Shanahan, he is known for offense. He's known for being a quarterback's best friend. And lo and behold, six years into his tenure with the 49ers, has had a lot of success, still does not have a quarterback to show for it. And that is partly his fault. You know, he was all in on Kirk Cousins the first year he took over. So he didn't even do his homework on uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. I, like I, I want to see the universe where Kyle Shanahan drafted Patrick Mahomes. Like I want to, I want to see that team. You know, I want to see what that looks like. But we live in this universe where he took Solomon Thomas, and uh, yeah, here we are. They, they have Trey Lance right now, looking to be the starter. Purdy, who knows when he's getting his surgery? They're definitely going to add a veteran, right? They're going to add a veteran. They're probably going to draft a guy. The question is, what kind of veteran do they add? Do they add someone like uh, Jacoby Brissett, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz maybe? You know, so, some dude to just kind of take over the um, take over the uh, the backup duties, you know, third string or second string or whatever it is. Or do they shoot for the moon and do they go after Aaron Rodgers? As, which as a fan, I, I really, really hope they go for it. You know, if I'm if I'm um if I'm Kyle Shanahan, like I'm tired 
of doing this who's my quarterback dance every offseason. I like it, it's exhausting. Let me just let me just have a guy for two or three years who I know is gonna start for me, and I can figure out everything else about the team. I can work, I can give extra work to I don't know, my third down package. I can take an extra look at four offensive linemen or something who I may want to draft or target in free agency. You know, just just let me get a quarterback. You know, I I swung and missed with the Trey Lance pick. Like at up to this point, it's been an absolute disaster. And I don't see it getting any better. He's this is one of the worst draft picks in the history of the draft, in my opinion. Because one, you trade three first round picks, right, to go up to number three. Two, you draft a guy who played a handful of games in college, not even at the Division One level, right? So he was extremely raw. He needed, he needed to play. That was the number one thing he needed to do. He needed to play to get reps, to have game experience. That is the number one thing he needed in his development. And the reason that I, I don't have sympathy for taking him was because you did it on a team that was Super Bowl ready. And so when he got into that offseason and he um, he realized, like, holy shit, this dude kind of sucks. <laughs> We're going to stick with Jimmy for now. Um, it was, I mean, the players aren't dumb. They saw it. He wasn't ready to start games. That's why they went Jimmy that first year. And they had to because you can't, you can't just, you can't give the reins of a Super Bowl team to the, um, to a rookie who's played a handful of games in his career so yeah he he needs a quarterback I, I think if I'm trying to read minds here I wouldn't be surprised if he goes after Aaron Rodgers now it's an NFC team so Green Bay doesn't want to trade an NFC team I know that but Rodgers does have leverage in the situation he has no trade clause so if he wants to go there he can he can bitch and moan and try to make it happen so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But that's a long-winded way of saying 49ers have a great roster. Extreme question marks at quarterback as of this standing. And the Eagles, they're going to be a little worse. Their defense is old. They're going to lose some of those defensive linemen. They lost both coordinators, which might not hurt them too much because I kind of think they're the first football organization that's run like an MLB organization where the front office makes most of the executive decisions and in-game decisions even. Like in baseball, the GMs set the lineup and tell you this guy's going 87 pitches, take him out before the third time, so on and so forth, blah, 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 blah. The managers don't really do much. And I kind of think Nick Sirianni is the first ilk of that in the NFL. Because remember, two years ago, they took away his play calling duties midway through the season. So like the dude doesn't call plays. What does he really do? He's like a CEO type, kind of like John Harbaugh, but he doesn't have the experience. You know, he's not, he's not a veteran coach or anything. So I... He, I kind of think he's just a figurehead. So losing the coordinators, I don't think it will hurt them that much. But lose uh, hurts losing his offensive coordinator. That's going to sting. I think they already promoted the quarterbacks coach to be offensive coordinator. So they'll have continuity there. And if if they're run like I think they do, they'll have continuity regardless. But um, yeah, they're losing some of their defense. Uh, losing the coordinators will hurt a little bit. That said, they still have the best quarterback in the conference. They're going to be there. You know they're they're going to make the playoffs. They're expected to win their division, so it, it's um it's a hard sell to fade them, sell them as a weak point because they might be the only, they might be the for, the surest strong team in the NFC. But having said all that, the top of the NFC is extremely weak, like I just said. So if you want to, if you're looking to bet into this market, 
Uh, I'm going dumpster diving. I'm looking all the way at the bottom. And some of the teams who interest me as far as NFC Futures goes, just give me all the guys at the bottom. Uh, Bet Online AG, I'm looking at their odds. They have the Falcons right now at 33 to 1, the Panthers at 25 to 1. The reason those NFC South teams interest me is because, one, Tampa Bay lost Tom Brady. Uh, I th- they're, I, I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do, to be honest. I'm pretty sure they're pretty... Yeah, they have the least amount of cap space in the league. They are... Uh, what is it? They're $57 million over the cap, and they don't have a quarterback and an aging roster. So that's just a recipe for disaster. And who has the second least cap space in the league? That's the Saints at $29 million over the cap. So they were good last year. You know, I kind of sung their praises midway through the season. They had good advanced metrics, but their head coach sucks. So I, I was thinking they could be a dark horse in the NFC, but their team's going to get worse. They still have a bad head coach. Even if they land on these free agent quarterbacks, I don't see it for, for New Orleans. So I think that opens the door for the Falcons and the Panthers to – to become the next two team, the best two teams in this division, uh, you got the Falcons, who Arthur Smith did a phenomenal job keeping them as competitive as they were for as long as they were. You know, they were in games they had no business being in relative to their talent level. That he, uh, I think he's got a good thing going there in Atlanta, and you you have the young offensive talent in Kyle Pitts and um, Drake London, and then you got the run game that Smith can create. He did wonders with a uh, he he. Uh, they always had a great one game with Derrick Henry. Granted, Derrick Henry's a great running back, but you saw this year they were able to run the ball with Cordell Patterson and Tyson Algier. So and he can sell he can sell his ability to get the most out of Ryan Tannehill to a free agent quarterback who is looking for a new team like Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr or my my kind of dark horse pick, uh, Lamar Jackson. You know, it's been really weird in Baltimore all year. Ever since Lamar's knee was hundred percent. I felt like he didn't wanna put forth you know, all of his effort laid laid on the line for the team, and maybe that rubbed people the wrong way, whether it be his teammates or coaches. I don't know for sure, but I'm sure some people didn't like that. And he is being told by the NFLPA to hold out for the money that he wants. You know, like I thought it was foolish of him to represent himself. I thought once he got some professional advice that maybe he would come down and meet the Ravens in the middle. But I'm pretty sure he's seeking Deshaun Watson money. He just got told to to not settle. <laughs> so the Ravens has, have always been a frugal analytical organization. They're gonna they're gonna listen to the phone calls. They're gonna listen to what pe- what teams will give them for that player. And um, I mean the Falcons have the second most cap space in the league. And you got Arthur Smith, who he can sell himself to Lamar Jackson. Like, look what I did with Ryan Tannehill. I got a lot of stuff that I'm excited to share with you. Uh, Yeah, I think if they get Lamar Jackson, all of a sudden, their odds are going to shoot through the roof. So I'm I'm really tempted. I think I may put a bit on them myself. Uh, NFC future at 33 to 1. And then their Super Bowl future at, uh, where are they at? Their Super Future right now is 66 to 1. So, you know, you got a little change to spare. I think that's worth a bet because if they get Lamar Jackson, those odds are being cut in half, <clears throat> in my opinion. And all of a sudden, they got like the second or third best quarterback in the conference. So, yeah, sign me up for that. Uh, the other team, the Panthers, they have a good young roster, good young defense, brand new coaching staff. I think even, you know, I don't think they're a player for Lamar Jackson. Maybe they are. I don't know. But, um, 
I think they, they could do they can make do with uh with like Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr or um no not Carson Wentz because Frank Reich tried that once already but maybe they trade up in the draft for one of these guys and just start brand new like they, they would be an exciting young team if they got you know Stroud or Young or Levis one of one of these rookie quarterbacks I don't know the, what their draft situation looks like how many draft picks they have but um I've heard I've heard rumors that they could they have the ammo at least to move up in the draft and they have the uh like the actually they're a little over the cap so not not much exciting for them as far as the cap situation but it's only four million over so they're like league average pretty much so yeah they could if they get a quarterback and the falcons you know end up with some end up with uh i don't know not lamar jackson like if they both get the same level quarterback like if one gets Carr, one gets garoppolo um it i think it's a coin flip as to who takes the division so Right now, their odds for the NFC, they are looking at 25 to 1, slightly better than the Falcons. And then for the Super Bowl, you're looking at a 60 to 1. I don't think I take the Super Bowl futures just because I don't see an Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson as a real possibility for them. But I'm kind of interested in their NFC future because, uh, you know, you could win the NFC with. Um, with average, slightly above average quarterback play. So I, I, I kind of like that bet too. Not as much as the Falcons one though. And then um, if you're just going through the rest of the division, uh, I kind of like Washington. <laughs> I like the team. I like the players. I'm not in love with Ron Rivera, but they did hire Eric Bieniemy. And like I said, there's a lot of free agent quarterbacks available. A couple of guys coming in the draft. What if Bieniemy played more of a role in Kansas City than we think he did? You know, what if that stigma is false? That is all Andy Reid. You know, what if he's actually really, really good? I mean, Mahomes and Reid swore by him. So what if he gets one of these guys? And they have talent on the offense. You know, they got they have skilled players. They have Terry McLaurin. They got a good running back room. Uh, Curtis Samuels, a solid gadget guy. Jamar Dotson really came on last year. So they have ta- they have weapons on offense. They just need a quarterback. They got, they got, they got a coordinator who could be really, really good. He might be underrated by the entire league. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, it sucks for them that two of the top three teams in the conference are in their division. And they're, they're a shit show of an organization. Like, those team report cards came out. Uh, no surprise, Washington was dead last in the league. So you got that going against you. It's not an organization you want to bet on. But I think it's a team that has some potential in a, in a weak NFC. Especially that defense. That defense is solid, too. So... Their Super Bowl odds are uh, 60, 60 to 1, I believe. And then the NFC odds, we got them at 25 to 1. So same as the Panthers. Which, if you believe in the team, if you think the enemy could turn around whatever quarterback they go with, then that that's, uh, that's another solid bet that you can make, add to your portfolio. Um, as far as, oh, there's one more I want to do, the Seahawks. Why not the Seahawks? Assuming they re-signed Geno Smith and run everything back, Geno Smith was a top five quarterback last year by several advanced metrics. Now, perhaps I'm discounting the fact that towards the end of the year he did he did fall off a bit, you know, substantially so. So maybe I'm overlooking that too much. But you look at some of his advanced metrics like on target throw percentage, completion percentage, over expectation. Um, there's a couple more things. He's right on par with uh, Joe Burrow, everyone's darling. So. 
you know, if, if he can come back to Seattle, get that continuity and just pick up, uh, improve upon last year, then why not Seattle? You know, their division, uh, you got who knows what you're getting with the Rams. Is Stafford going to play next year? Sat out all this year. You know, they're still extremely top heavy because they're paying for going all in and winning the Super Bowl. Props to them for doing it, but they're paying for it now. And then you got the Niners who don't have a quarterback right now. Better team, no quarterback. So, you know, I think Seattle is a real player to to be like a 12, 13 win team. If you want to, when, when these odds come out, if you want to bet them like best record in the conference, if that's available, I think that's a solid bet. Their defense is young. They're only going to get better. They hit kind of a rookie wall last year with a lot of their young guys. So they should they should be better with the full regular off season to prepare. Um, you got Pete Carroll who has proven he knows what he's doing. Let's all stop with the uh, slander of him. And uh, yeah, if they get Geno Smith or even if they get a young guy, you know, who knows? Maybe they catch lightning in a bottle with a rookie. And uh, it's just wheels up from there. So Seattle is, is actually probably my second favorite bet to Atlanta from from uh, going dumpster diving NFC. So, yeah, I uh, I like them. I'm not going to touch the Lions. They're probably a little overvalued. Like their um, their NFC future right now is 8-1. to one. Not that exciting. Their Super Bowl future stands at. You don't even have to scroll down the page. They are twenty to one to win the Super Bowl. That, I don't know. I think they're gonna be a solid team. I'm not taking them at those odds to, to you know, win their conference or anything with Jared Goff. So that said, I do think they'll win the division. So I mean, maybe, maybe I should look at them more. But I, I'm more interested in just you know swinging for the fences here with uh, Atlanta and Seattle from the NFC. So th- th- that's my early leans for the for picking a long shot in the NFC. Um, if you think the Niners pursue Rodgers like I do, you can bet them to be the Niners starting quarterback at 12 to 1 on bet online. So, you know, you can take that. You can take their Super Bowls right now at 9 to 1. If they get Rodgers, they're going to probably be in the 5 to 1 range, so you get a little bit of value there. Um, but yeah, other than that, just give me Atlanta, give me Seattle. And uh, maybe a 12 to 1 Aaron Rodgers to go to the 49ers. That's that's what I like as far as uh, futures bets right now in the NFC. And uh, last but not least, I want to touch on Mike McCarthy's recent uh, comments regarding the style of football he wants to play. I'm not going to read the entire quote, I'm not going to read it for verbatim, but he basically said, like, Kellen Moore, all he wants to do is score points. I've been there as an offensive coordinator. I just want to run the damn ball, rest my defense, and I want to be the best team in the league, not the best offense in the league. You know, which is all is all good, right? And this uh, really triggered the quote nerds in in the football space because he said, you know, all I want to do is run the damn ball, and it really um it kind of uh what's the word? It surprises me that so many smart people can't see like the context and can't apply context to what he's saying, you know. So I don't I don't disagree with his general point that there's more than one way to win in the NFL, right? You don't have to be throw 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 all the time because every team has different weaknesses that you can attack. Every game plays out different. Some games, you're going to need 38 points to win. Some games, you only need 24. And, uh, you know, why get more than you need in that point? Now, people say if you're if you're not doing everything you can to score points, you're actively not doing everything you can to win because you need to score points to win. Yes, that is true. 
But like I said, there's nuance in every game. Every team has different strengths and weaknesses. And um, another thing regarding Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, saying he he just wants to run the damn ball. It doesn't matter what your overall pass to rush ratio is if your passes are in, you know, high EV scenarios, i.e. early downs, early in the game, throwing to establish a lead. If you throw to get a lead and run to milk the clock, it doesn't matter if you have a 40-60 pass rush ratio because your all your passes are, you know, in highly efficient situations where they have a high likelihood of um of being productive. So, I don't care that I don't care if you run the ball a lot as long as you're throwing it when you need to. And um another thing, like do you really want do you really want to throw the ball 50-60 times a game with uh, Dak Prescott as your quarterback? Absolutely not. No, he's the guy that you don't want to do that with. So, I mean, that's why a lot of these teams, like, they don't have a pass-heavy approach. I mean, part of it is, yes, some are stuck in the dark ages where they think you have to run the ball just to run the ball, you know. But others, a lot of a lot of guys and a lot of quarterbacks in the league are closer to Dak Prescott than they are uh, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You know, that's just a fact. So if you don't have a franchise-level elite quarterback, why are you going to put them in harm's way by th- by throwing it more than you have to? You know, I'm not saying, you know, run, run, pass all the time, which, by the way, McCarthy's team was the third highest team as far as run, run, pass ratio goes in the league. So he does need to get better in that regard. You know, his throws didn't come on early downs, which that he has to do better there. But his overall point of, um, you know, running to rest your defense and just wanting to win games rather than score points, I understand what he's saying. You know, he may, maybe his message came off a little convoluted. He didn't say it right, but I get what he's saying. You know, it doesn't, you don't have to score 35 points every game. That's the bottom line. You, you don't. All you got to do is do enough to win that current game. That's all you need to do. And um, he his message probably didn't get delivered the way he wanted to, but I understood what he was saying. Now, let me criticize him because he's saying, quote, all I want to do is run the damn ball. Well, Mike, you guys had the six most rushing attempts in the league this year. So, you know, what are you talking about? You guys, like I said earlier, they had the third highest run-run-pass ratio in the league. So, like, where is this notion that Kellen Moore was just calling passes every down? Like, that's just not true. And another thing, his time back in Green Bay, the knock on him was he was too pass-heavy. You know, and that's true. Like, the Packers are always one of the most pass-heaviest teams in the league. So I don't get where this notion came from that all I want to do is run the ball more passes too much. Well, you guys didn't pass too much. You were the sixth run heaviest team in the league last year. And um, back in your days with Green Bay, you never wanted to, quote, run the damn ball. You always threw a lot, which to your credit, you had Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah, why wouldn't you throw the ball a lot? And, you know, maybe that is a maybe McCarthy is sneaky good at tailoring a game plan to suit his team's strengths. So I'll give him credit for that a little bit. But I think it's kind of weak to just kind of throw Kellen Moore into the bus like that. You know, because one, you are run heavy. So this notion that you're just throwing all the time is false, you know, objectively false. And two, you were never run heavy as a coach in Green Bay. So, like, what are you even talking about? You know, are you being told to say this possibly? I, I don't know. Do you just need a fall guy for why you guys lost to San Francisco in the playoffs again? I don't know. But um, my overall point... You know, I, I hear what he was. I hear the general point when he was saying that, 
he just he'd rather win games and score a lot of points. I mean, that's what all these teams would want to do. People will say, "Oh, well, you score points to win games." That's true, but you can win games a lot of other ways too. So, I'll leave I'll leave it at that. That said, my piece about McCarthy's thoughts. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna join me on one of these bets, I, I may or may not uh, make one of these bets myself actually. But uh, the Falcons NFC and Super Bowl futures, the Seahawks NFC and Super Bowl futures, and then possibly the. Uh, the Niners landing Aaron Rodgers, or maybe the Niners at nine to one to win the Super Bowl. I don't like laying short odds like that, but uh, I mean, if they get Rodgers, they'll be cut in half probably. So it's probably worth a bet. Uh, that's all I got for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Kind of a short episode, but uh, just wanted to get one out. You know, it's been a while since we recorded, so we'll be back soon. Thanks for listening. I will see you guys all later. Peace. <laughs>